And welcome once again to another edition of A Plain Answer here at Redeemer Broadcasting. I'm Dan Elmendorf. Helping me on A Plain Answer today is our Maryland Public Affairs Director, Craig Poland. And he will be interviewing the vicar of Baghdad, Canon Andrew White. The concern is that ISIS has advanced to within one mile of Baghdad. And of course, in the news, we've been made aware of the genocide that is due to the Islamic State, which is a radicalized version of Islam. They are cutting off heads, shooting people, burning churches, decorating fences with the severed heads of their enemies. And Canon Andrew White is still in Baghdad. He has multiple sclerosis, and he is the pastor of St. George's Church. And now over to Craig Poland. With me by way of Skype today is the Reverend Canon Dr. Andrew White. He's chaplain of St. George's Anglican Church in Baghdad, Iraq, and in addition is also the president of the Foundation for Relief and Reconciliation in the Middle East. Thanks for being with me today, Canon White. Very good being with you. Now, before we begin with some specific questions about where you are and what you're doing, can you tell us a little about yourself, maybe where you grew up? I notice a rather thick accent, at least from my perspective, and a little bit about your schooling and how you came to be chaplain there at St. George's. Right. Well, I grew up in London. I moved to the suburbs of Kent when I was slightly older and went to school there. When I left school, I went to London and uh, I did medical studies at St. Thomas's Hospital in London. I studied surgery and anesthetics and became a gas man. That's another name for an anesthesiologist. So I can put people to sleep, drugs or sermons. And then I... One day, in between cardiac arrests, I was thanking God for sending me to St. Thomas's Hospital in London to train, where I'd always wanted to go. And I said, thank you so much, Lord, for sending me to this wonderful place. What next, Lord? And I felt him tell me, I need you to go into the church. And I said, no, Lord, I'm good at what I do. I don't want to leave here. But God always wins. And so I eventually went off to Cambridge and did my theology. And whilst I was there, I got a little fed up with Christian theology. So I changed to Judaism. And I concentrated on my Jewish studies and I did my doctorate in the role of Israel and Christian theology. And I went and studied in the Middle East in Jerusalem at the Hebrew University in Jerusalem and then at an ultra-Orthodox Jewish yeshiva. And then I returned to England and I became a pastor of a church in London, two churches, and then in Coventry Cathedral. And whilst I was there, I started my work in Baghdad. And then towards the end of my time there, 
there was this little war in Iraq in 203. And so from then on, I started spending most of my time here because reconciliation was my main thing. And there was nobody here in the coalition who really understood the religious communities. So I started working here. And after two years, I thought it's ridiculous, really, trying to run a Church of England position as well. And I thought about leaving this job. And then the Church of England people basically said, Andrew, you're really too ill to do another church job because you've got multiple sclerosis. So I said, oh, really? So I went to Baghdad, and I've been here ever since. And I've built up this church not just to be a church, we have an outstanding clinic, dentists, doctors, cardiologists, pediatricians, pharmacy, laboratory, x-ray unit, everything. And all of my reconciliation work. So here I am. And I love it. And we're surrounded by war and trauma and terrible things all the time. But we know that the Lord is here and his spirit is with us. Now, do you um, do anything in the capacity of a physician or is it mostly pastoral um, and reconciliation? And I guess as a physician, did you have a hand in setting up those medical facilities that you described? Oh, I totally set the facilities up. I don't really do any medical work now. The only thing I do is when the doctors can't get intravenous lines in, they send for the pastor to come and put the cannulas in, and I do it. Okay, so can you describe the work of uh, St. George's uh, Anglican Church there in Baghdad? Um, what relationship do you have to the local community? Well, it's not like a normal church where you can look after and do things for the local area. But we have a very good relationship to the community because we provide food for the whole community. I don't mean the odd sandwich. I mean every Sunday people come and get a whole bag of food their chicken, their tea, their rice, and we give it to them all every week. We have a relationship with the community because we have the best clinic in the area, and 98% of our patients are not even Christian, they're Muslim. But we serve everybody. Now, how do you act in a role of reconciliation? Is that with the local population, or does that interface with um, coalition forces, or um, what do you do in that regard? Well, as regards to reconciliation, my key role is with the most senior religious leaders. 
the Sunni leaders, the Shia leaders, the Christian leaders, with all the different religious leaders, and engaging between them and each other, and them and the political leaders. I have very close relationships with the political leaders and also the coalition leaders. By that I mean basically the US embassy staff and the British embassy staff and in particular the ambassadors of both. So you're sort of a central person as far as um, both the providing of these uh, services to the community, uh, the food, and the medical care um, that I'm sure people there appreciate very, very much, but you're also uh, interfacing with the religious leaders as well. Maybe it would be a shorter question for me to ask what you don't do. What don't I do? Well, I'm not the prime minister, and I'm not the president, so I don't run the country. I sometimes wish I could, but no, not allowed. So how are these services received among the populace? Um, do uh, the locals uh, very much appreciate the fact that they can come and get these services? And, uh, and what is the need for these sorts of things uh, in the local population? Is uh, hunger a very big problem? And healthcare, are they very, very large problems that uh, people just so very much appreciate you being there? They are very considerable problems. So people really do appreciate all these services that we can provide. But another major aspect of our work in recent weeks has been dealing with all those who've had to flee their original homes in Nineveh and Mosul because of the ISIS terrorists. And so we are also providing food and relief right up in the north, on the borders between Iraq and Kurdistan. Okay, so what you've described, it sounds like you're leading a very, very good life. Everybody likes you. Um, and you're providing a, a service to everyone, and there's no problems Not whatsoever. likes me. There are a considerable number of people who've got a price on my head and want to see me dead. It's not all friends. So why do certain people have a price on your head? I was actually kidding before. I knew that, uh, that there were problems there, but uh, you probably knew that. Well, this ISIS group are basically against all Christians and they are also against all Westerners. And being a Western Christian leader is one of the most dangerous things you can be. So is there some sort of um, protection of yourself and your facilities because of the local population who very much appreciate you being there? Or does that all melt away uh, when the threat of this other group makes itself known? No, I do have very, very intense government security provided by the Iraqi government. I have probably 35 soldiers caring for me most of the time. 
and also lots of police. I look out of my window and I'm surrounded by security. Are you able to function normally under those circumstances? What is normally? I literally cannot leave my compound without my security. I cannot put one foot over our compound boundary. They will stop me. So there's not much freedom here. Now, your ministry that you have over there, that can remain effective even though you personally are under these restrictions? Yes, it can, because I have a large group of people who are involved in the pastoral care of many, and they will help the masses. And they take out food to people, and they give clothing to people, and they give medicine to people. So they provide total, total, all-round holistic care. Is there a situation where you would feel that you need to evacuate the area for your own personal safety? Look, to be honest with you, I'm very bad at taking security seriously. And my security staff and guards always complain that I have no concept of fear. But with things having been so dangerous in the recent days, I really did take seriously the issue that A lot of people have said it is too dangerous to be here. You need to get out. And I guess so far you haven't taken their recommendation. Well, I am going to Israel on Monday. And if it's still too dangerous, I'll take the ambassador's advice. And if he says I shouldn't come back, I will not. It's very funny. We've got a brand new ambassador here in the British Embassy. And I went to see him for the first time today. And the really bizarre thing was, it turns out we were both at school together. High school. So it's quite funny. It is a small world after all. At least that's what they say. It really is. So let me go back to something uh, that you said a little bit earlier. You were talking about your role in reconciliation among some of the local religious leaders. Um, How is that going? How is that uh, reconciliation talks working out? And what is their, um, the other religious leaders' response to that? Well, I've been working at it for 11 years now. And so I know these players very well. And we have spent a lot of time together. And it's incredible to see now how we literally have enemies working together. And those who were enemies have become friends. It was the American poet Richard Longfellow who said, Who is my enemy? It is the person whose story I have not heard. So a major part of our work 
has been enabling them to hear the story of the other. So is that one of the techniques of reconciliation uh, between parties that seem to be at loggerheads, is that they just basically talk and find out a little bit about the other group? Absolutely. And so what is the situation between the various religious leaders and yourself? Uh, Is it one of friendship and cooperation? Um, How is that working out? Well, I know these people very well, and the relationship is certain to none. We are basically very, very good friends. Now, what is the work of um, St. George's Anglican Church in Baghdad? Are there um, services that uh, the locals uh, can attend if they want to, or any other services that the church provides for the local populace? Oh, yes. Well, the church provides a very wide range of services, both in the community and in the church. With the, we have a brilliant school, so children come to school here. We have a very high standard of relief work, of medical work, and incredible worship. We have very, very fine communion, Eucharistic worship, very fine youth groups and youth worship. It's quite funny because we are one church, but in one church, we have every single type of worship. So Friday nights, we're very wacky and charismatic. Saturdays, it's very much female-focused. And then I also do the American Embassy services. And then on Sunday, it's really very Assyrian or Orthodox. So how is your health these days? Um, Are you feeling okay? Are you able to do the things that you'd like to do? Yes. um, I've been greatly blessed because here in Baghdad, we have developed this autologous stem cell treatment for MS. So taking your own blood, removing the stem cells, and injecting them back into the same patient. And I say I'm not ill. I don't feel ill. I'm really well. My wife says I'm not as well as I think I am. So it depends who you're talking to. So what would you like to see done in the area through the church or the uh, Foundation for Relief and Reconciliation that you haven't done yet? Well, one of the key things we're working on, and we have been working on, is the relationship between Israel and the Arab world. We had a truly historic meeting recently when we brought together the leadership of the Israeli religious community, the chief rabbis and some of the big sheikhs and church leaders, we brought them together with our Iraqi leaders. And that was truly inspirational. 
and really historic. Never had it happened before. Do you think it's possible to have peace uh, in the greater Middle East, or is that just a dream? You said, is it a dream? And I respond to that, yes. It is totally a dream. We live in hope. We keep working for it. But I don't think it will happen. Well, if peace can't be obtained, can the situation at least be made somewhat better? What is the hold-up to peace? I think the hold-up peace is basically people's fear of the other. People are really frightened. Not least, people are frightened of the Jews, of the Israelis, and they live in fear of them, and they do not know their story. When we have got them together, their possession has changed. But it's not easy. And do I think there will be peace in the Middle East? I work for it all the time. Every day I work for peace in the Middle East. But do I think I will stay? No, I don't. I'm being totally honest with you now. I don't think we'll see it until our Messiah returns. Now, I'm going to ask you two related questions. And the first one is, what can those listening to this do to help you out? There's only two things that people can do. The first and most important is pray for us and pray that God will be with us and that he will protect us and he will enable us to persevere and that he will enable us to actually provide for the people. And that is the second one. We need your prayer, but we need your money as well. Without resources, we cannot provide. And that was going to be my second question, is what specifically can people pray for? And you've already mentioned one thing, and that was uh, the financial aspect. Is there anything else specifically, say your health or um, uh, resources or something else? Well... When it comes to resources, that's how we understand provision, providing for the people. That is very important. And yes, I do need prayer for my health because the fact is it isn't good. But God has enabled me to do everything I have to do. So we need protection. Pray for protection for us. We need provision so we can give to the people. We need perseverance so that we keep going. And finally, we need peace. Now, being a chaplain, I knew that every answer would begin with the same letter, and you did not fail me. (laughs) (laughs) Or your point beginning with something the same, yes. Uh, Usually there are three, but I think you snuck an extra in there and made it four. I snuck an extra one in. 
It used to just be provision, perseverance, and protection. But then somebody said to me, what about peace? So I thought, okay, I'll add it on. So I'm looking at um, your website right now in front of me, and uh, I'm kind of wondering how those listening can get more information about uh, you yourself and what you're doing, and uh, also maybe a way to contact you or your uh, organizations. Well, the best thing is through our website, which is www.frrme.org. That's a foundation for relief and reconciliation in the Middle East. F-R-R-M-E. Dot org. And uh, I'll give that address again. Now, just parenthetically, is there anything that we have not covered in this interview that you would like to add? Well, the thing that we would like to make known is that despite all the terrorism here, we have an incredible presence of the glory of God. We see that God is with us. And that now concludes this edition of A Plain Answer. It was hosted by our good friend, Craig Pollan, who is our public affairs director in Maryland, and he was interviewing Canon Andrew White, who is in Baghdad still. Please pray for Andrew White. And if you would like to reach us here at the station, our email address is ministry at redeemerbroadcasting.org. Please join us next week for another edition of A Plain Answer.